Three beers, two guys, one chip. It's the three to one podcast. Won't you listen to it? Three beers, two guys, one chip. All right, another fine, fun-filled edition of the three to one podcast. Big thank you to Brian Bethke, local musician extraordinaire, cranking out the tune and the theme for us. Didn't take much, but that's how talented he is. Feel? I haven't paid him a dime. That's the life of a musician. My he said, if I do this, will you leave me alone? Said, My okay. name's uh, Alex. Her name's Morgan. Hello. That's Dead Casper. Yeah. The 3 to one podcast back. If you're looking at the dates in front of you from here, from the last podcast, you're going to notice a gap. It's called We Were Busy in Summer, right? We took well, summer vacation. There, it, huh? Yeah, we were also a little bit fighting. There, there was some static. Yeah. yeah. But oh. we're back together now. Come the bit. Everyone's happy. Well, Come that means we is j- that we're mad at you, Casper. We just. Why we just. are you mad at me? <laughs> because you're the way that you are. Should we have figured this out before we start rolling? <laughs> okay, never yeah. mind. We're back and fresh off summer vacation. Well, Everybody's just, ready mean, to go. Just wait. Just wait. We got oh, yeah, oh he, my uh, gosh. The, okay. The, the, uh, the visual effects translate well <laughs> on an audio <laughs> podcast, by the way. This is part of the reason. You don't have friends. Yeah. You are bad at jokes, first How of all. How am I bad at jokes? You're no, bad. Well, you know what? No, we're going to save this till you know, at the end. Is it gonna be, oh, it's going to be at the end? Yep. Okay. Yep. Just just hold on to your opinions till the end. Okay, then keep your Jason mask no, off I your just, face. No, because that's how we have to start it. Well, I'll start it then because it right. actually segues nicely into one of my very first topics for today. We should know, too, if, uh, that we're recording on what is Friday the 13th. Okay. Okay? Is that relevant? And that's, that does roll into superstitions and a little bit what I wanted to bring up with you guys. Full moon, um, too. Full moon, too. So yeah. we have all systems a go. And I'm, you know, like a raging hippie. So I totally get into the full True. moon and the energy of the universe and all of that kind of thing. However, I'm not really superstitious. Medium-stitious. <laughs> I've used that so many times today. But not superstitious. But it made me wonder, in your lives, and I think I might know the answer for Alex, but not necessarily, have you had any paranormal experiences or encounters that you would consider yourself changed or your opinion changed one way or the other to believe in supernatural things or superstition? You want to? No, you go first because I'm trying to think if she thinks I'm going to say no or if she thinks I have I think you're going to say no, but you sometimes surprise me with things in your life. So I'd have like any like ghost thing that would have changed. Our a, do you believe? Made, and two, have you had any experience? Okay. And what was the, the the experience that made you believe? Yes. if you've okay. had. One? Yeah, well, you might as well go first, Casper. Um, well, I'm kind of you know intimidated because the guy sitting to my left, his dad's a paranormal investigator. So, whoa, you know. really? Yeah, your Did dad ghosted that. you, <laughs> and then he ends up studying ghosts. Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Sorry. No, come on, it's too soon. It hurts. <laughs> too soon. Yeah. Yes and yes. All right. Uh, no, I believe. You in believe? Them. Yeah. I believe in them. I haven't really experienced anything myself, but I know people who have. See, that but is. I want to experience something. See, that's crazy to me. How? Again, this goes back a much deeper topic, maybe for another podcast, a religion, and everything. How can you believe in something you haven't seen nor experienced? You want to believe, but that's the essence of having yeah. faith in something. That... You don't have faith in anything, do you? I have no faith. No. no. <laughs> Well, the Packers, so far, because they're winning. It's pretty early in the season. (laughs) So you believe, but you have nothing concrete. told me stuff. (laughs) You You heard it from a friend. So you believe your friends. So, like, what if your family said something happened, but you didn't see it? Do you not believe them? No, I don't. I very seldom believe my family. 
I'm wide open to the possibility, and I think that there are enough experiences around me or close brushes that it's so possible. Like, for instance, I have familiar access to an old building, a historic building. Uh And I know a lot of people like Casper that have had experiences in that building that a people i trust and they each have the same story it's always the same figure the same have you lady, have we told the story ghost. tell the story a little bit about okay. how this came about so my family owns a business in menominee and the building that the coffee shop business and, and brewery is in is an old historic building in menominee and you can we give it a, a shout out go ahead thank you raw deal <laughs> Right on 603 Broadway, Menominee. Stop at any time. High quality, good for you. But what happened is that while we were doing the historic renovation, all of these places that have been covered by modern um, drywall and that kind of stuff were exposed. So we were there late hours and all that kind of thing. Well, then we got into the basement, and it's an old building basement. It's the old A.J. Josephson General Store, so it's been around a long time. Well... Long story short, we had employees that were hired, thank you, and none of them wanted to stay in clothes because they all said that it got creepy to at night, and they would just say it's a weird vibe, which I totally understand. They would say, then they would start having examples to cite, like the lights would be going on and off or that kind of thing, and more than once, somebody would say, I saw a woman in there. And without ever knowing the stories of one another, it's always the same figure. She always stands at the same area at the end of the bar. And my dad had done enough splunking in history that he's pretty confident that it was the wife of the original owner that would work in the general store sometimes. Like, he's seeing pictures and the and the employees and the staff corroborate it. Now, we never tell anybody about that when they apply, <laughs> just in case. Cause, you <laughs> or know, if you're ever going to sell, you're yeah. not going to bring that up. But I certainly believe it, and I've been in the building at night enough to know that it does get weird. weird. There's something palpable. The energy shifts and is different. I haven't seen her myself, but unequivocally, 100% believe it up and down. So that's how you believe, Casper, by hearing stories yeah. like that. Yeah. Now, see, I'm a gotta gotta see it, gotta feel it, gotta experience. Okay, it. but to, to go off that, you and I have talked about like JFK conspiracies and all that. That's, you, conspiracy is different. That's different than yeah, paranormal. Than, and different ghosts. than paranormal. But it like goes to like you kind of believe some of that stuff, don't you? Even though you didn't see it or anything. Well, that that, that can be researched factually by people who have you know put their hands on it, seen it, film, and things like that. But what about the people who have seen ghosts and paranormal? Is that not factual? To I don't. You? I don't believe anybody. People as a whole and as a group are liars. He's not much of a Just believer. Just like conspiracy theorists. Yeah, I don't believe many of those. I'm very intrigued by those. I'm intrigued by the stories, like the, mm-hmm. the one that Morgan told. Yeah. I would drug test every employee there. Well, why don't we go on a little little <laughs> hunt? Yeah. No, seriously. No, I, I kind of like well, we should go to a Packer game. Yes. Are there ghosts there? Ghosts <laughs> of Curly Lambo? Yes, which would be awesome. <laughs> Goes to Brett Star coming up this No, weekend. I'm going to go next. You're going to go next. feeds okay. off that right. uh, September 13th. I thought you were going to steal. I see a my, hand in the back, Casper. You're up next. Yeah. So, no, mine uh, was just going to go uh, kind of relate it off to with the 13th. Do you have any superstitions yourself, or did you have any superstitions yourself? This is interesting because we I looked up the definition of this this morning, and it was people who have, what was it? Uh, Aversions. Fears or aversions. Or, or aversions. So it's not yeah. just a fear of something, whether it's tangible or founded in anything. It's also aversions to stuff. So that makes it 
made it all, uh, the whole definition change. Mm-hmm. Because I have plenty of aversions to things, whether it's germs and I have all my yeah. little idiosyncrasies and rituals that I do. You just got done washing your ears before we got here. So. Yeah, yeah. He I used somebody else's headphones. I had to wash my ears. Yes. Not even joking. But I'm, I have a lot of weird things like that. Like, for instance, you know when you open a new jar of peanut butter and there's like the foil underneath the lid? I have that. That needs to be completely peeled off. Like, okay. I need every little piece of that whether it's yogurt, peanut butter, sour cream, all of that needs to come off. Like, that's one of my weird little quirks. But as far as actual superstitions, I don't... Like, the breaking glass, I try to avoid it. If there's a ladder, I'll walk underneath it. I'm not afraid. I hate cats either way. It doesn't matter what color they are. So I'm not super concerned about, like, latching on to traditional superstitions. I have enough quirks in my everyday yeah. life I think quirks and aversions. I have yeah. plenty of those. But I'm not... Inordinately afraid of anything. What about well, Morgan, you? you? You have a fear of flying. Yeah, I don't like flying. We don't I'm like not it. But you're not superstitious okay. about so it. So you yeah. make her do that all the I time. We're talking about. Yeah. Are we talking about superstitions or phobias? Superstitions. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I got one of them right now during the football season. I got to wear green every Friday and Sunday or whatever game they oh, they, yeah. they play on. Okay. How'd that, uh, how'd that turn out for you last year? Doesn't matter. Oh, okay. You know what? It did turn out though in 2010 when they won the Super Bowl, and I didn't wash it was my. Was because of you? Yes. You didn't, I didn't wash your what? This is how OCD. I wanted to finish that sentence. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't wash my Roger jersey, the white long sleeve underneath it, and the T-shirt underneath it. Wore it every Friday to work and wore it to Lambeau Field and then wore it every playoff game. Without washing it. Without washing it. I wish it. we would have known that. Well, no, That's... you have enough wipes, and this goes back to your germaphobe. You can and wipe yourself you know what happened? They won a Super Bowl. Clearly, then, there's a direct but correlation. That's like, if I don't do that, then if they lose, see, I have a lot of those things yeah. in my life. But those yeah. are more, I think, obsessive I would wear my compulsive socks type differently things. in baseball. Oh yeah, I have a ritual you know, of every like time. A lot of sports people. I have get those. in the car before I go somewhere. I have a little ritual that mm-hmm. I do. Same thing. I mean, periodically throughout the day, my day is punctuated by little rituals like that. Mm-hmm. But I try not to make them as crippling as they used to be because you know I only have so much time. I'm older. I don't have the energy. <laughs> You know what I read today, just because it was the day of the 13th? Men are more superstitious. The percentage of men are more superstitious than women. Really? Yeah. It, it wasn't far, far and away. But I guess if I was told, I would have guessed the other way. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, both of mine have to do with schools, and school is just frequently, or just in, in session here. And the first one is really simple. What teacher in your upbringing, in, in your school years, had the biggest impression on you and why? I can take that right off the bat just because I see Casper has this thinking face on. Um, Or coach. I have, okay, well, elementary school, high school, or overall collegiate, doesn't matter. Okay, then would be my high school civics teacher, Mr. Engel. I think that was where the switch flipped for me about actively caring, not just in academia, but civically and altruistically about a bigger environment, a bigger world. Um, you know, contributing to your community, being aware of your surroundings and what you can do to be involved in that, whether politically or civically or otherwise. Um, and just hands down the best teacher I've ever had in terms of engaging students and and the curriculum and what we studied I like too because I'm just a history nerd, so I really loved the content. But it was the first time in my life that I had one of those like, oh my God, moments in a classroom. Like, I love this. This is great. Really good teacher. What did he do? Or what did he do that instilled that in you, though? Was it just his style of teaching? Because style of teaching. I think the right he guy made at the right it, time. I think he made traditionally dry. I mean, you're coming. I would come <laughs> from a small enough school that civics, geography, history, those were all football coach. Right. 
sports classes. That's yep. what you got to work out, and you got to you know a sheet and a handout. And if it was Friday, you just had to watch a video anyway or you're because it was war game movies day. like we yeah. were soldiers all the time. Right. Yep. Um, and this was the one time that it was presented in a way that was not only really engaging, but was like very made you feel like there was so much more that you didn't know. And I think it was just the very very cliche. He's touching a nerve in students. Mm-hmm. That's what he... And it wasn't just me. I think he did that for a lot of students that had gone to, to the school that I went to. You want to go next? Well, I know you said pick one, but I'm going to go two. But here's the reason why. Because my third grade teacher, I was... I remember in third grade, I'd always, like, skip. Because he... he no. <laughs> you mean, like, you're already skipping Caleb? school yeah, in third well, like, grade? I being... You know, like, I thought you meant, like, skip stretch. up and down the halls. No, well, that oh, too. no, no. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Third grade, you were skipping school. Yeah, well, because he was very, how do I want to say this, very kind of intimidating at, at times. You can say whatever you um, want. Yeah. But now looking back at it, I wish I wouldn't have done that because of like he would play football with all of us at recess, and he was actually a really, really good teacher. But for some reason, third grade, when I was there, he, uh, he was kind of intimidating. Like he third would kind of bring you down. Year. You know, he'd kind of bring you down grade. with comments and all that. Yeah. Or, if you had a messy desk, he'd tip it over. What? Jesus, if what? you if you left your locker open, he'd steal your backpacks, and then you had to go through a <laughs> That's process. That's where you get your sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming together. This is why you don't know how to be in That's life. That's the only time, too, where the last day of school, the majority of the classroom cried. Oh, yeah. Because they didn't want to, because really? they really liked him as a teacher. Wow. And I bet yeah. that a lot of people remember those experiences now. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I'm saying that one because at that time I didn't appreciate. Now I do. Yeah. Uh, the other one I would probably. <laughs> it was actually my seventh grade or eighth grade choir teacher. I hate choir. Yeah. But not, we had to take it. Yeah, we had to take it. It was either that or band. And I'm like, oh, I'll take choir. Just because I remember one time she was always a scorekeeper for basketball games. Okay. Well, I thought you meant like in life. Oh, yeah, that too, <laughs> probably. In, in choir. You get the oboe, you're carrying the bass drum. <laughs> you're singing soprano. We were playing cowbell. Marshfield, and I had checked out of the game just to get a breather, but then we started, you know, so I checked back in. I remember she made a comment saying, go get them or something like that, and then the next day she pulled me off to the side in the classroom saying that was really impressive what I witnessed last night. Wow. So it was stuff like that, you yeah. know. That's good. Yeah. I think for me it was... And then she wrote in my yearbook that I would succeed at life, but I haven't gotten there yet. No. There's still still time. She probably wants to take that back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She would wipe that out if she had the opportunity. For me, it was my uh, high school English teacher, small town. So when I say that I was an advanced placement English, Mm -hmm. that just means I could form sentences slightly better than the rest of the class, and they needed people to fill the advanced placement English class. But he taught that, and... Even though we were all in that class, there's only like eight of us in the advanced placement English class, we still did not apply ourselves well. So very frequently, we would not read the chapters we were supposed to. And a lot of it was reading, and then we were going to discuss the next day. Mm -hmm. Well, very seldom did we actually do it. So we'd all get nervous. No, you didn't have the internet back then. No, no, we were still doing uh, the cliff notes and the yellow books. No, but... He would always call on us, and we would try and just BS our way through it. And after that, after we would get done, he wouldn't call us on it. And we always thought we pulled one over on him. 
And then it was probably years and years later after I graduated high school, I realized, no, we didn't. He was actually teaching us a really good lesson that applied to me in, in what I do now for a living, in being able to think on your feet, talk convincingly, and BS your way out of situations Are you telling you us that he was the one that perfected your BS skills? He, unbeknownst to me. I'm going to need his name. Is that because, what exactly he was doing? No, well, I know. He, is that I know, how you took it? Maybe he never know, read the books either and he yeah, thought maybe he's a writer. Somebody, I hope these kids right. know what's happening here because <laughs> I have got no These little shits know. might know more than I do. No, he must have known. He had to have known that we were all doing this because yeah. we all know. Otherwise, we, he didn't read it either. Right. Yeah. So that was, it was, uh, it was like a weird life lesson. Maybe not a... <laughs> an academia lesson but it was a weird lesson that I've taken with me throughout the my entire life so yeah I, and I didn't come to this conclusion until years after I was in high school so that was mine all right well we're on topic two somebody yeah. else want to kick it off or we're going no, around the horn going. in order all right so this is totally shifting gears then <clears throat> it was recently we had to come across the news that the family that owns Purdue Pharma is reaching a settlement, a tentative settlement, over its role in the nation's opioid epidemic, okay? And big money. I mean, $3 billion payout over seven years. Uh, The other thing included in that payout is that they won't admit any wrongdoing. Now, from beyond that, there are a a bunch of bankruptcy filings and legal loopholes and all that, too. But obviously, these are the company that sells OxyContin. And they said that the profits of that drug would now go to a public beneficiary that would pay the plaintiffs. Not the family. Yada, yada, yada. So... Without admitting wrongdoing and forking over this money and any other legal loopholes that happen after that with bankruptcy and whatnot, foundationally, my big question is, do you think the company is at all responsible for the opioid crisis? And do you think tracing it back to them and monetizing it is fair? This is too deep There's for a lot project. of questions. Yeah. Well, Morgan and I talk about this, obviously, but there's a lot of questions in there. And then there's a much deeper question there as well as to the blame or culpability of each individual um, and how much weight you're going to put on that. Am I right? Right, because I think that there is that component of, um, you know, autonomy and, and making those decisions. But the opioid epidemic has, I think, transcended that for a lot of people and the families that are affected by it and the people that end up getting hooked on the drugs don't necessarily fit the prototype of somebody that usually is autonomous and makes good decisions. So I think that when you call it a crisis or use the word epidemic and apply it to pharmaceuticals like this, it is indicative of the level of problem and then tracing that back and using some level of culpability and putting that on the corporations and on the pharmaceutical companies, not only is it was a first, I have to say I was surprised. I was surprised that they ordered this payout when that came through the newswire. And is that accurate? Is that an instance with uh, people finally being held responsible on a corporate level? Or is it one more absolving of, of the person personal also has decision-making? And, and what... Where do you fall in that? I guess we don't know enough, and maybe we never will, whether it, it kind of goes back to the days of when when cigarettes marketed cigarettes the way they did. Yeah, but with, we're going through it with vaping now. Yeah. Now yeah, vaping is, is the new cigarettes. I mean, did they know from the inauguration of the product that this was going to happen and they were going to make as much money as they could until it blew up? Or is it, hey, this is out there. I put the dangers on the pack. Suck at your own risk. The, the one thing about that, too, and we always, I always joke about this when you watch any of the commercials for any of these medicines or that you have to get a prescription for, and there's this whole long list of side effects. And I'm always, why do they have those in the commercials? You still have to go to a doctor to get this medicine. The right. same with 
these opioids that we're talking about, hydrocodone mm-hmm. or oxycontin, yeah. I mean, sure, you can buy them on the street and all that, but for the most part, the people, I assume, that are becoming uh, hooked on these are going to the doctor, staying on yes. them. So there's a lot of people... Trying to use the proper an- avenues and regulated avenues. Right. And, you know, you assume if you go to a doctor that you're trusted and that this prescription is going to help you and not, you know, eventually end up harming and, and ripping your life apart. And we all know pharmaceutical life, reps that come in and they give the doctors perks and benefits that, and jets, vacation think, flyaways, if they keep prescribing their brand. So that's... I don't know that patients necessarily know that that is the case all the time. The so, behind the scenes sort of And then stuff that's like where that, the yeah. accountability of Big Farm comes in. Right. So do you think the payout is legitimate and do you think that starts pulling the thread of accountability for big companies corporations whether it be you know medicinal or oil companies or guns as we're in that hole or is that a slippery slope and people should ultimately regardless of what's available to them be autonomous and make their own decisions for themselves and that's all that you're ever accountable to that's a good one our society is so into finding blame without accountability right now. I mean, you could do that with anybody. If someone is hooked yeah. on heroin, let's sue or go after his the person who sold it to him and dealer, which is kind of what they're saying with mm-hmm. with this company. And I think there's plenty of blame around and it to be thrown around at this point. I'm kind of more on the side of like being more accountable to yourself too. Well, that's how I there. was raised. Yeah, yeah, our society yeah. has just left that. But yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. Uh, I think that. that on a greater level, I can, I can see conceptually. Yep. But... What that does ultimately is deteriorate the need for accountability. I grew up in a do-it-yourself family. Like, if you you make the decision, you live with the repercussions of that. And I think ultimately if you don't have that to adhere to, then in your own life that becomes a, well, so-and-so cut me off. or yeah. so and, and that to me is a really slippery slope to get on. And that breeds a generation or a society of people that will, won't take ownership for actions. And that's where you start to have bigger community right. problems. I think what, what Purdue uh, Pharma did here is head off a long lawsuit and lengthy litigation yeah. that could have tied up funds, tied up their profits, and all well, of that. I don't think they did it out of guilt. No, right. we're no. sorry, we're They're bad. Like, no, no, all they did was kind of cauterize the bleeding before yep. they had to pay more. It's like stop the hemorrhaging. Let's just you know just fork out a few billion now, which is nothing, which is nothing in the pocket that. of Big Farm, right? Exactly, and you know make this. A statement to people that, oh, we're trying, we're caring, we're putting this into... I don't believe for a minute that they have any level or modicum of guilt about what they've done or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But just legally, does it speak to the right direction or Or is is it a step backwards that eventually opens up a Mm -hmm. slippery slope of taking accountability and blame off of individuals? We just live in a society that we, we don't want to take blame. Uh, no matter what it is, yeah, like it's like Morgan not taking blame for being scared this morning. <laughs> oh, okay. you know, it's whatever. You showed up with a Jason mask behind my back, and I couldn't see you. I turned around, and okay, it's and you not have no right to get mad. I thought we were going to do this at the end. Here Next topic, Casper. You. <laughs> if anybody needs drugs, it's me. Just to yeah. deal with you guys at work. <laughs> if Big Pharma's listening, yes. <laughs> On a lighter note, now we're going to move to movies. Mm. Good. You ready for this one? Yes. Because it involves one of your favorite actors. <gasps> okay. Got a guess quick? You have no, a favorite I, actor? I know I did. Yeah, I got you, a lot of them. Iron Man. Uh, not the movie, but Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, okay. okay. So, I was thinking about this the other day, then when you were texting me about the podcast, I that movie happened to be on TV. 
Which one? one? The first one? Just, no, not Iron Man. Just let me finish. Oh, okay. It was one of the... I don't know if I would call it one of the best comedies of all time, but I think there was two actors in there that don't maybe get the attention for some pretty solid performances. Mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr., Tom Cruise, and Tropic Thunder. Well, Tom Cruise had it a little bit easier because you couldn't really even tell that. But did you? I didn't even know that was Tom Cruise the first time I watched it. And then Robert Downey Jr. for that role that he played into. Which was pretty controversial. It so was. He played a black man. Right. Yeah. But this this actually opens up a better question, which is... Yeah, your question sucks, yeah, whatever question it is. Yeah, your question sucks. Hold on, I'll save <laughs> I'll shut us. shut my mic off. All right. Robert Downey Jr., he sometimes gets told that he looks like Robert Downey I Jr. I can see it. Okay, is a closer, closer doppelganger than your self-proclaimed Aaron Rodgers look like? It's not you, self-proclaimed. No, you walk up and down the halls telling everybody you look it's like Aaron Rodgers, and you don't. It's what not you look like self-proclaimed. His slightly rejected younger third cousin of Aaron Rodgers, maybe. Twice not, removed. Man, twice not self-proclaimed. You look like I, Stewie Griffin grown up. He looks like, who's that guy, Mac Miller? Was that who's the guy that? Oh, passed yeah, away? you do look like Mac Miller. I could call Mac Miller too. Yeah, that okay. That is true. <laughs> no, when I worked at the Y in Rapids a while ago, I had kids tell me I looked like Aaron Rodgers, and then the moms jersey? told me that too. So you maybe they not. thought I was good looking. Trying to get an extra towel. Know, you are the only person I know who professes and proclaims doppelgangers do, that don't do, match. You want me to call my wife because she's my so. witness. No. She's my witness. We can pass her through the board. I actually don't think he looks that much like like Robert Downey Jr. He looks more like John Stamos, like. Oikos oh, yogurt, not it. early Full House. No. Oh my no. gosh. No. Your bit emoji is so far off base. We are so no, far no, off. No, whatever question Casper was make going to post. <laughs> make your own. Were you good? Was there a question? <laughs> yeah, no, he, not anymore. She, I think he asked us if we had a crush on Tom no, Cruise. No, That's basically no. all Robert he asked. Or Robert Downey Jr. We're, we're moving on. We're moving on. Taking your I was really, really happy about that. He was talking about underrated actors. Underrated? No, I wasn't actually. Oh, well, we don't even know what you were trying to do. Question. I was going to ask you. Never mind. Move on. Oh, Move on. wow. <laughs> See, this is how he is. Now, now you hurt my feelings. Here we are at... No, uh, your thoughts on Tropic Thunder. Tropic Robert, the performances oh. by those two. Yeah, obviously. Both you, of those. You, I mean, you don't talk... Never mind. I haven't this, seen this that movie in a long time. Off Phil Tripper, our afternoon guy, is here. Yeah. You want to weigh in on Tropic Thunder and Robert Downey you're Jr.? You're more of a movie guy Yeah, you're more of a anybody. movie guy than any of us. Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Cruise. Yeah, Tropic yeah. Thunder, Go! Uh, I am a movie buff. They're both overrated. As actors or the movie? All of it. <laughs> it's not a bad movie. I get it. I get what they were going for. You're they like a it. bitter blackbuster employee. <laughs> like the worst Roger. The entire internet loves that movie so much. Like a little too much, though. It's not the best thing. That gimmick, to me, wasn't didn't land all through a movie. I thought Ben Stiller was the funniest part of that movie. Right? That movie was better... That movie was better exactly, as a Saturday Night Live skit. The movie. Yeah, he thinks Ben Stiller's the worst. I think it's the best because that's what the movie really is. Sometimes Tom Cruise on, in full makeup somehow makes that movie valid. I don't buy it. Sometimes <laughs> movies are a better idea in Saturday Night Live three-minute skit than they are 90 minutes. Just like minutes. podcasts. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. they're a better idea. How long, what was the running time of that movie? Oh, it had to be 90 minutes, I imagine. It was 89 minutes too long. <laughs> Oh, seriously! Thumbs down from Roger. I don't think it's that bad, but you're like angry blockbuster guy. It's too much credit. Too much credit. (laughs) All right. Guess I know he's he's tapping out for the rest of. Or should we call it Friday? If that's in your top five, you should you should you should rethink your view of movies and your stance on life. (laughs) 
<laughs> and you should just go home and give up. Go read a book. You'd make a good motivational speaker too, Phil. Yeah. Phil Tripper, make any guest, guest, guest appearance, appearance on our to podcast. bring down the mood. Crusty hipster guy. <laughs> I'll be here all weekend. Thank you. Angry, angry hipster guy makes an appearance. Yes. Milwaukee Burger Company, three, two, one podcast. Am I last for the regular round here? I yeah. think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to know what's the first book that you remember influencing you. Do you want me to go first while you book guys are series? Book, book. You know, with pages and the and the words. Have you done? You know that. You mean like aside from growing up in Dr. Seuss, all the places you know. Go, the, yeah, let me give you mine, and then you guys can think of yours. And it, the weird thing is, the I didn't even read. You the didn't book. even read them. We heard your AP I, bit. I all you did was BS your way through yeah. a nasty cliff Which, note. It was it? it was third grade. It was Mrs. Briggs, and for some reason, she read a book to us. Maybe before that, I obviously knew how to well, read. She read it to him, so right. he didn't yeah. read it. So this oh, is, but it's still a book. That, that influenced you. Um, and for me, it was, she read Where the Red Fern Grows. Oh, my gosh. Sixth grade, everybody in the class, heads down, bawling their yeah. eyes out. You yeah. read that in third grade? Third grade, yeah, the teacher Sixth was grade? sadistic. Well, well now I know who's more advanced. Exactly. Okay, we had an no, old... No, read to me. <laughs> yes, we read it ourselves three years, graduated in sixth grade, yes. But no, seriously, I remember that was like the, the first book that, that instilled an that emotion. That resonated. That instilled an emotion in me. Before I was just reading to learn how to read, you know, words and, and stories and Jane and Dick and all that stuff. But this is the first book that I, I actually realized that... The printed page could elicit an emotion from me, so read that's it. why I never read it. Well, it doesn't have to be your answer. No, I'm just saying I never read that oh. book. You should try no. reading it now. By you the way, like both dogs died. Hey, so yeah, I know Come the dog. On. No, I knew the dog died. That's Dan. why I won't read it. No, why I, I won't read it. Yeah, little and, and everybody remembers Dan and that. Dan, I remember yeah. that we were all head down, snot pouring, sixth grade room full of crying. One of the only instances where it's it's okay, really okay for a guy to cry when the dog dies. Yep, or Rudy. Rudy's the movie well, version question. of that. That's a different okay. question. Uh, right no. no. All right. No. Anybody else no. want to chime in with a book? I love to read. I read all the time. I'm still kind of turning this around right because I, I read, yeah, constantly. Um, but obviously Catcher in the Rye is one of those pinnacle books that always gets cited. Phil, Hol- Phil says Caulfield yes. action. I love my J.D. Salinger. I love Holden Caulfield. Top it's, I would put it in my top five. I really loved that book. I think Salinger. I want, I want to correlate read, this with an age. I've read it like at least a dozen times. Um, I think the first time I read it was seventh grade, okay. probably. Why did um, that one? I think it was the first time that I read an author whose writing I cared about. I loved Salinger. I loved Holden Caulfield as a character. I liked the whole... Everything that that book started to elicit in terms of mattering, in terms of being engaged in something and being a page turner, I don't know that that's the book I would pick, but it's among the books where I first realized that oh, books books are kind of awesome, yeah. and that's I you know, for- and I loved loved it. For Casper, it was Green uh, Eggs and Ham. No, oh. I'll probably I'm gonna go twofold on this. <laughs> okay. Oh God. No, my book would probably and ham. probably be The Hatchet by Gary Paulson. Oh, I remember yeah. that as a kid. My um, Side of the Mountain. Yeah, I remember one, reading yep, that, too. Yep. That was right in there. But I will say a series made me want to buy books and read them was, right. was Goosebumps. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because yeah, that actually made me want to go to the bookstore yep. and buy books and read them. And that's important because that's yeah. a whole new thing in your life when you actually are going yep. out and getting Exactly. Them. And mm-hmm. I still have them. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say individual book, probably The Hatchet, but series Goosebumps. 
right? Yeah, that makes sense. I like that. So that's the uh, first two rounds. The, the next round is a quick one. It is entitled Change My Mind. Who wants to go first? Morgan's going first. All right. I'm going last, by the way. All right, I'll do that. Yep. Here's my change my mind for this week. Easy. When you go out for sushi or Chinese, you should use chopsticks. Every time. No, you're you're there. No. Use the chopsticks. That's what they're for. Pick up the no. sushi roll. Don't be a douchebag. No, I think Ooh. of it I think of it just the opposite. We have come further from this as a society from using sticks. We have utensils. Now we can use those. Don't make me go back in time and start using Respect the two cuisine. Sticks. You don't stab a piece of sushi. You pick it up in the proper way with if you no. can't use the chopsticks, you don't deserve to dine there. Don't make it any harder on me. I just want to eat. <laughs> exactly. I don't, at my age, I don't want to learn anything. Yeah. I have a kid who picks her fries up with chopsticks. Because if you're yeah. ordering fries at the sushi restaurant, you're using the chopsticks. Oh, no. It could yeah. be that I never learned how to do it. I, I don't know how to do it either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I grew up in a town of like 4,000. We didn't have anything fancy. We didn't have like no that. fancy Chinese well, restaurants. The teachers were tipping your desks over, for God's sake. No wonder you didn't have time to learn. All right. Uh, change my mind. If you're in an airplane and you're in the middle seat, you get both armrests. No. Didn't we talk about this? No, I don't think or something like this? Yes. You get both. No. I don't think you do. A, you never sit in the middle because you refuse to be around people, so you no. always get the aisle. Now, I'm assuming this is and with strangers at this point. Three too. seats. Are we three talking seats. three seats? Most- so that's two, four, that's six armrests. Yep. Okay. The person by the window gets the right one. The person on the aisle gets the left one. The person in the middle, because you are stuck, the middle is the worst place to be. It is. No, I'm going to agree get, with you. You get both. Nope. It's okay. basic physics and math. This is math. And science. And psychology. <laughs> it's plain Psych- math. It's psycholo- plain math and psychology. It's psychology because right. you got to, you know, analyze it yeah, a little bit. All right, yep. so I'm, I'm right. I agree. I yep. All right, what do you got? Uh, tell me that I'm wrong, that Morgan You're wrong. overreacted this what? morning. No. Okay, there are, there are very few things I hate in the world. Let's break this down. Let's break this very, down. We have to go back and tell yeah. people what happened. Yeah, okay. Do we need to go back about a couple months this ago? This morning, it oh, no. Okay. Well, There's video it's of that. Of, it's part of the story. You fancy yourself the king of office pranks, except you're I'm not the gym of the office. Them. You're the Dwight of and the office. You're gym. not funny. You're Dwight Schrute, beat farmer, who tries Everybody to else translate... Everybody else thinks it's funny. Yeah, you told me. We got Krusty Hipster Guy chiming in with the side commentary over here. But, so you did, you actually pulled a prank on me. You were in the newsroom. I was coming back from break. And you did. You scared me. But, to be fair, I scare easily. Which brings me nicely into the point of today, which is, there are a few things I hate in the world. I don't like marshmallows, and I hate being startled. That's it. So, don't tell tell her ghost stories around a campfire. Okay, so here's the thing. I hate the feeling of being startled. I don't go to haunted houses. I don't like scary movies. Like I don't like. But that you want to go on a ghost hunt? Feeling. So I'm in the newsroom recording what happens to be a Friday the Thirteenth bit for another station. <laughs> I literally have spooky music playing through my headphones. I turn around and it's your ugly mug with the Jason mask on at we four in the, the mug, morning. You know. So I scream and I, I'm blood curdling for that matter. The reverberated throughout the entire building and then you stand there laughing at me like some shitty younger brother that i never asked for second time same trick the no, jason mask what? just makes an appearance everywhere now. to be fair though no. it's like no 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 i hate right, being right, startled right. did i not warn you guys all week correct me if i'm wrong did i not warn you guys all week one word one I don't word read your, your text presence right is a warning okay that's me. not one word <laughs> And I was expecting you guys to do something to me where I walked in this morning and I 
creep down the hallway. You weren't in your office, so I'm like, oh, he's doing something. Work? You know, so I, yeah, in the bathroom you were doing work. I know. I know. My office, there's nothing. I even, like, slowly opened the studio door because I figured something was going to, it's your guys' fault you didn't do anything. So no. you, you're, All you're, the trash talking. You, guys you were did. mad at us because, because we didn't, we didn't prank you. I wasn't mad. I'm just saying, you guys were trash talking all week. I was trash talking all week. I backed up my talk. There you go. You have no excuse to be mad. I, I follow up on my stuff. I'm mad at myself for getting pulled in the same plot twice with that stupid Jason mask. It's like Groundhog Day. It is. <laughs> but I, it is. it's so easy. You should feel it bad. It goes in the dark, too. Great. Yeah, right? <laughs> one too. Just stay tuned. It'll happen again. You overreacted. I'm an easy target. Uh, who else am I going to scare that early in the morning? I'm an easy target. Who else am I going to scare? She's the only female in the building. It's true. Oh, well, Terry's there. And you can't she go laughed after, when she saw me walking down the hallway. You can't go after it. the 80-year-old farm guy. <laughs> You'll kill him. You Terry was laughing him. when she saw me walk around the corner. You could have laughed. I could have. After you screamed. But after you take the mask off, I laugh. Because it's you. Uh, and you're still ugly. And don't look anything like Aaron Rodgers. Hey, we don't have to get personal that way. That, that's a little low ball. It is. And that's a good note to end. Another fine, as I started with, fun-filled edition of the 321 Podcast, live from uh, Milwaukee Burger Company. Whenever you find this, stumble upon it, or are held against your will to listen to it, that is the best we could do on this particular day. That dead bird in the parking lot might make its way in your office now. There's, de- there's dead birds everywhere. I told you in the this yesterday again. If you're still listening, this is where <laughs> we fade out. 